the only way to really heal and make a difference in others' lives is to share what you've been through. And maybe, you know, maybe it's not always appropriate to share every gory detail, but the Bible says we overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So you are setting other people free when you share your story. When you're vulnerable, it makes other people realize, oh wow, if they can overcome that, then maybe I can overcome what I'm going through. And what you're doing is really shedding light and helping pull others from the pit. And you know, when I realized it was kind of selfish to hold onto my testimony and to not share my story because my story could set others free, I decided I had to start sharing it, even if there was parts that I'm not proud of that I wish I didn't do or wish I didn't go through. It's worth it to be able to set others free and get them out of the pit that you were stuck in. You're listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. Happy January, Altered Story Show listeners, and welcome to my season three. First, video audio interview episode 122 of 2024. Wow, wow, that's a lot. (laughs) Catherine's From Self-Hate to Self-Love by Finding Your Worthiness in Christ, God's Story. This is your chief storyteller host, friends, Michelle Saunders-Gutch, and thank you for listening and viewing my show that helps Christian women share their God stories so women around the world can hear them and never feel alone. Friends, I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas and New Year's and are enjoying the start of 2024. Just a few quick updates about my show and Altered Stories Ministry before I introduce to you my lovely, talented special guest here. And I want to just give you a couple of wonderful updates regarding the show. One is that, of course, we have our um, podcast channel up on YouTube. So in addition to doing audio recordings, we're going to do video too. And that's something I'm very excited. I'd love you to subscribe to my channel and share my podcast. Also, friends, I'm adding a short mental health tip segment to my show featuring my ministry partner and friend, Sherry Puckett, who's a licensed professional counselor that specializes and individual couples and family therapy. And she heads up Building Bridges Ministries, has a private practice in Shawnee, Kansas. One last announcement is that you can now go to my website, www.alteredstories.org forward slash Devo, and purchase my first digital Altered Stories Ministry devotional journal that features 52 of my top episodes where you can easily listen to the episodes and enjoy spending time with God as you reflect on his word in the God story. So again, many thanks to Kadosh Media and Trisha Portis with helping with the launch. Now, friends, enough. Catherine has been so gracious here. She's been very much sitting here professionally and patiently as I went through that. But I wanted to uh, just share a few words about 
her, and I am so excited and honored to bring her to the mic. She is such a lovely lady, and she's a Hollywood actress from L.A. She's been doing this for 23 years, and you've probably heard her out there, um, but her full name is Catherine Norland, and I have so much to share, and I want her to share, but um, she's like done over 100 productions out there and she's also a darman actress um and she's appeared on fox tbn roku amazon prime and more and we are blessed really blessed friends to have her join us today so let's get to know her welcome to the show Catherine. and how are you oh thank you so much michelle i'm i'm doing wonderful thank you for having me oh so cool how is it out there in la today well, I'm not in L.A. today, oh, but when oh. this interview is over, I will be driving back there. I'm on a little vacation in Nevada near, um, where am I near? I'm near Reno. I'm like 30 miles away from Reno right now. We came to experience the mountains and the snow and take the kids sledding. So I'll be going back to L.A. today. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. So you, um, do you um, have an opportunity to go there very often or... Is this one of your favorite places that you do go to? We come here every couple of years that we, there's like a hot springs resort and it's really fun to go sit in the hot springs when it's really cold outside. Yeah. Yeah. We're at that time of year. That's for sure. <laughs> so Catherine, um, I know I didn't share everything about you, obviously, but if you have a few things you want to share um, just about your personal life before we go into your story, uh, feel free. And if you want to just share anything else that I haven't shared. Sure, sure. Well, I'm I'm a wife and I'm a mom of two boys. I have a boy that just turned 16 and he's he's special needs. He's got a lot of challenges. And my other boy is five years old and they were both preemies. So I'm a NICU mom. So I know all about waiting in the NICU for a long time, praying your child will get better and come out and come home. So that's that's two things that left an indelible mark on me for sure. Um, besides being an actress in Hollywood, I'm also an author. I have five faith-based books out right now. And um, I'm a motivational speaker as well as a coach. Cool. Yeah, I followed you a little on your reels. Okay. And just on what you've shared on Instagram and mm -hmm. uh, a few friends of mine and even family members know definitely about Darman. Oh, and so okay. I thought that was really cool too. So they were really excited that I was going to bring you on the show and <laughs> we were going to chat. So this is, uh, this is so fun, right? Yeah. So, you know, you and I have talked about uh, why stories are so important. Mm -hmm. And you know that I have a passion about Christian women uh, sharing their stories, getting them out there, helping them share if they're struggling to get their story, you know, written down and and telling what God has done. But I'd like to know from you why you think it's so important for women to share their stories of redemption and 
testimonies, those things? Well, for sure. You know, there's there's so much where we feel like, especially if we've been through the mud, we've been through challenging times, we've we've done stuff maybe that we're not proud of or that we regret or things have been done to us and we've been victims of certain things. It's so easy to let the devil make us feel ashamed and just carry the shame and feel like I can't tell anyone what I've done or what I've been through or people will judge me or they'll they'll look at me. They won't want to be my friend. They'll think bad things about me. And, and those are the kinds of things that I feel like the devil whispers in your ear. But the only way to really heal and, and make a difference in others' lives is to share what you've been through. And maybe, you know, maybe it's not always appropriate to share every gory detail, but the Bible says we overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So you are setting other people free when you share your story. When you're vulnerable, it makes other people realize, oh, wow, if they can overcome that, then maybe I can overcome what I'm going through. And what you're doing is really shedding light and helping pull others from the pit. And, you know, when I realized it was kind of selfish to hold onto my testimony and to not share my story because my story could set others free, I decided I had to start sharing it, even if there was parts that I'm not proud of that I wish I didn't do or wish I didn't go through. It's worth it to be able to set others free and get them out of the pit that you were stuck in. Have you, in the times that you've been able to share your story, have you ever had women come up to you or anyone who's heard your story and just say, hey, thank you. It's really resonated with me and um, it's encouraged me to make changes or to um, even tell my own story. Have you, have you discovered that? Yeah. Yeah. It, it happens more frequently, more and more, the more vocal I get, the more I'm putting things out on social media, it's reaching people. I would have never been imagined that I could reach and reaching people in different countries that even if I was speaking all over the place, I wouldn't get to. So there's that power in spreading the words just through, through the airwaves. And um, definitely, I, even back, back in 2008, when I put out my first faith-based poetry book, I had um, a gentleman contact me and say he was thinking about taking his life, but because oh, wow. of one of the poems in the book he read, he decided not to. So even way back before I was technically sharing my testimony, just even some of the words I put out in in form of poetry was making a difference. So I've I've seen it from the beginning, and I'm I'm excited to that God has given us all a mouthpiece to be able to use and to share because you never know when you could be that window to someone who's seeking the light. Yes, that's so true. Well, well said, and thank you for sharing that. In addition. You know, Catherine, the thing that is so exciting about what I do is I get to have women like you come on the show. <laughs> and I know that my listeners and viewers are going to really enjoy what you're going to share. So, Catherine, where does your From Self-Hate to Self-Love by Finding Your Worthiness in 
Christ, God's story begin. Walk us through it. Way back in high school, I had really low self-esteem, really, really didn't like myself, was disgusted, honestly, by what I saw. It was to the point where I felt like God was calling me to become an actress, but I was like, I couldn't even look in the mirror. I just thought I was disgusting, ugly, fat, hideous. I didn't even think anyone would want to be my friend. So when I got that calling, there was like this war going on inside me because I was thinking, how could someone as disgusting as me even make it as an actor? But then I kept getting that calling. So I remember once being in an acting class in Minneapolis and the teacher was teaching about how there's these three buckets of emotions. And out of each of these three emotions, when you mix them all together, comes every single emotion. So he said the three buckets were joy and um, sadness. And I think anger was the third bucket. And that day in class, they were doing, they were going to work on sadness. So he wanted each student to come up to the class and emote sadness without saying a word. Just think of something that makes you sad. Like maybe think of your grandma's funeral or your doggy dying or something like that. And I was like, oh no, how am I ever going to do this? And I tried to hide behind some students thinking he wouldn't see me, but he eventually called me up to the front. And I I was embarrassed at first, but he said, it's okay, just start thinking of something that makes you sad. And I I just got to be thinking about it for a minute because there were so many things that made me sad about my life. And I locked onto one and I just started sobbing. I just started weeping and weeping uncontrollably and I couldn't stop. And, and, and when I finally cried out every tear there was like left in me, I kind of put my head up and looked around the room and I saw everyone was like, oh my gosh, maybe this isn't her first acting class. Maybe she was pulling, pulling our leg. And the teacher was like, oh my gosh, what happened? Was there a fire? Was something tragic happened? And when I could finally get my voice back, I said, no, I was just picturing myself looking in the mirror. And then silence. Everyone like was looking at me like, is she for real? And then I heard some people snickering and laughing. And I had no idea the depths of my self-hate was so deep that like that was the number one thing that brought me such sadness. You know, nowadays they have terms for body dysmorphia and all this stuff where you look in the mirror and you don't see what other people see. So on the outside, people thought I was this well put together, cute young thing. But when I looked in the mirror, I didn't see any anything remotely beautiful, let alone worthy of being loved. So it was a really, really severe self-hate to the point where when I was first married, I would be laying on the floor, just crying and begging for God to take me, just take me. And okay. so this is yeah. hard to hear. Yeah. 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 I mean, just get choked up thinking about it. And there came a point where I, I, well, a couple of times I tried to take my own life and I was almost successful this one point, and I took an entire bottle of Prozac and I stumbled out of wherever I lit, where I lived at the time. And 
I guess I passed out. I blacked out. I don't know what happened. I think I was on my way down forever. And some random man found me. Um, mm. I, and I, you know, he could have done anything to me, but instead he must have taken me to the emergency room because I woke up getting my stomach pumped, you know, tied down to these restraints. And I remember waking up being so angry at the doctors thinking, what are they doing? Don't they know they're wasting their time that I am not worthy of even being here? Like they should be go work on somebody else that, you know, that deserves to be saved, not me. And so for a while after that, I just was like, couldn't figure out why I got saved from, you know, that death wish that I had. And, you know, God came in and he, he redeemed, he redeemed me. He filled me with his presence. Um, I had a series of events happen where um, my parents, I had kind of stopped going to church. I was running from God. I was like, drinking alcohol every night, just trying to numb my pain. And, you know, I I was working at a donut shop and I had this old, old man that used to come to my trailer park every Sunday and pick up all the little kids, all the little rugrats in the trailer park and drive us to church. And so now I'm a grown up and he comes into my donut shop. I hadn't seen him in a while. And I don't know how long. And he said, you should go to the women's retreat at our church. And I was like, no, I'm not going to the women's retreat. And then for some reason that Sunday, I ended up at church with my parents and I had another lady come up to me saying, you should go to that women's retreat at our church. I was like, no, I'm not going to that retreat. And I I don't have any money for it anyway. I had this third person come up to me and say, you should go to the women's retreat next weekend at church. And I paid for your ticket. And I was like, oh, brother, now I have to go. Um, So I went and, and something inside me just started to change. I saw the women and they were like weeping and they were like, I don't know, they were talking in some kind of weird language. And I was like, I don't know what's happening here. (laughs) (laughs) They were like really into it. And like if they're up and I was and and I didn't have a ride home for whatever reason. Yeah. Old Sunday school teacher Pam Hinkleman, um, she decided to give me a ride home and I was like asking her questions. I'm like, so what's the deal with these people? If they're like praising God and their life is so happy. How come they're just like up there bawling? Like <laughs> all they're saying. And she was talking about how they were being moved by the Holy Ghost and all that. I didn't get it. I was like, I don't know. That's kind of weird. And so she's telling me about it. And she finally gets to my house and she's like, do you want that? I was like, I don't know. Like, what's the point? <laughs> she, she started telling me about it and she prayed for me. And, and something came over me, something came over me and I was weeping and crying and, but it wasn't a sadness. It wasn't like the weeping where I was sad. It was almost like a huge burden came off me. All this weight that I had been carrying through all these years just lifted off me. And I, I, I was like this joy I had never felt before. And then I started talking weird <laughs> I, was, I, was like, I don't know what's happening, but weird stuff is coming out of my mouth. But it felt like the blinders were removed. And for the first time in my life, I felt like I could see, like I could really see for the first time. It felt like I was walking on clouds. I was so light. And like immediately the desire to drink gone, 
I, I, that was over 20 years ago and I haven't had a drink, I haven't had a drink mm-hmm. since. And I quit my job at the bar that very day. I was a waitress at a bar. And just from then, I was just so hungry for whatever this was, this newfound joy, these, this I seeing, and I had this hunger for reading the scripture and finding out what God had to say about me. And, and I realized the things that I thought about myself were all lies. You know, I was comparing myself to maybe the models and actresses and people, the rich people or whatever, whatever I thought that I couldn't be or couldn't have. And I just felt like, unless I was achieving these things that I was nothing. And, but going through the scriptures, I realized, wow, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, you know, and each scripture that told me I am worthy, I am capable, I am loved, I am chosen. I was Mm -hmm. made for such a time as this, you know, the future he has for me is for good and not for evil to give me a future and a hope. And all these things, you know, thinking, thinking I was stupid because I couldn't get into college and, you know, just finding scriptures that talked about how like we can be a fool for God and he'll still use us. And I was like, well, I, I can be a fool for God if I don't have to become smart. I don't have to become rich. I don't have to become famous. I don't have to become a model. I could be worthy and make a difference in the kingdom of God just the way I am with all my bruises, all my brokenness, all my faults. And the more I studied the word, I realized those of us who are the most broken, Mm -hmm. those of us with the most cracks in our jars of clay can actually be a better testament to the power and grace of God because God can shine through all those cracks. If I had everything going for me, and was perfect and had all the degrees and the status and came from the great family Mm -hmm. and had all the looks or whatever, people might think that what I achieve in life was due to my own stuff and not working through me. So I realized the worse off you are, the better you actually are because you can make a bigger difference because people can see God shining through you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What a beautiful testimony. What a, I mean, it's authentic too. I mean, you're, 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 you're coming out. You're not trying to sugarcoat it. It's real. Yeah. I think God meets us where we're at. Yeah. And that's the thing we often forget. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, God just, you know, the Bible talks about how Jesus went to the sinners mm-hmm. and Mary Magdalene, you know, the story of her and her past and how she just wanted to touch the hem of Jesus when she got just a little taste of him and him knowing her. It's just beautiful. This self-hate to self-love and finding your worthiness in Christ is just incredible because, like you said, he is glorified through it completely. Mm-hmm. And you're made in his image, and we all are. So I I do have a question I'd like, to, if you're comfortable with, with answering as the, the self Catherine, where do you mm-hmm. think that really came from? We know the enemy, and mm-hmm. it, there were experiences. Did you experience or encounter trauma 
in your past that might have created that mindset? Or was that just the thinking of, you know, what a lot of our young people even encounter? They're comparing. I mean, I just would like to go a little deeper on that. Yeah, you know, I think it probably was a combination of both. Um, initially, I think it's a lot of my mindset, a lot of comparison, a lot of trying to be something I was not. You know, there was things where I would get made fun of for, get bullied for in school, mm -hmm. like growing up in a trailer court and being one of the poor kids and I see feeling insecure about my changing body and I had some, I had some trauma growing up. I had a, a, I had a brother who was abusive and would beat me up and things like that. But I don't, I don't feel like that's where it stemmed from really. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I think there were, there could have, there could have been more things. I recently went through a, um, like a, a cleansing ministry where there was like a deliverance thing cool. happening mm -hmm. and they worked through all these different areas of my life and, um, we're casting things out and there were some memories that came to me that I wasn't necessarily aware of that came to me during that session where I was like, oh, this real, this makes sense. Why my, why, you know, our minds try to protect us. So for a lot of my life, I didn't remember my childhood. Mm -hmm. I think that's a protective mechanism. And there would be times in my adult life where I'm like, God, why don't I remember Show me, show me like what happened. And, and, and I just was hearing God tell me, you don't need to know. You don't need to know. You can heal and move on without even having to know all the details. So, I mean, I suspect, I suspect a couple things happened, but nothing that I could really pinpoint. And I remember being prayed for. I'm like, I, I don't know. I think this thing happened to me when I was little, but I'm not sure. And then I had people pray over me. Whether it happened or didn't yeah. happen, just to remove all the pain, remove all the trauma, remove all the thoughts from it, because yeah. it's irrelevant whether it happened or not. If it's if it's tormenting you, if it's you know taking yeah. over your thoughts, it needs to be removed and replaced with the love of God. And and then I saw these images of um, Jesus just coming in and lifting me up out of the situation and carrying, carrying me along. You. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's kind of like that footprints in the sand poem where you know what in the hardest days of your life you think he yeah. left you but the one set of footprints is because he picked you up and he carried you out of that so those are the things i cling to even if i can't like pinpoint where this exact yeah self-hate came from yeah yeah sometimes it's just a culmination like you said and there's just god has taken you to where you are now mm -hmm. and that's the mm -hmm. big deal no matter yeah. what and look how he's using you mm -hmm. and i just i love that and um your heart for what you want to do and reach how you want to reach others and you want to help them dream and become everything that god has purposed and want them be yeah and that's the thing um is you're using it and the Holy Spirit is working through you. And um, I don't think, I mean, people have all these things they want to put on us. And and I just think that God is glorified no matter what. And so I would love 
for you to share anything around scriptures. Do you, do you have scriptures that have really were strengthening you through that season or continue to strengthen you that really you you'd like to share with the audience? Oh, there's so many, <laughs> so many. They seem to always pop up whenever I need them. Um, all throughout my books, I'm constantly quoting scriptures. Uh, let's see what it, what comes to mind for today. You know, it is. You know, I did mention the scripture about being fearfully and wonderfully made. I love that one. And we have to know really that God knows you are who you are. And there's nothing about you that's a surprise to him. There's nothing about you that he doesn't like or doesn't like in who, in the way that you are. My son that special needs, one time he was having this emotional breakdown and he was crying in the bathroom and he was saying, why did God make me special? How come God had to make me special? And I was just crying with him and I didn't know how to answer him. and. You know, there's some things that might always be a mystery, but I know that in all things, if we can live our best self, our true and authentic self, and do the best that we can do, that that's all God is expecting. He's not expecting us to be like Polly perfect, you know, to have what, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's, it's tempting and easy to say, well, how come I can't be like this person that's got it all together and they're always got the right stuff for the bake sale and I just burn everything I try to cook or <laughs> I can't look as put together or how come I don't have this bank account? And, you know, God sees these things and a verse that comes to mind a lot is one found in, in the book of Samuel. And that is man looks at outward appearance, but mm -hmm. God looks at the heart. And I think if you have your heart right and you're doing the best you can, that's that's pleasing to God. He's not expecting you to be like someone else. You have one talent, use it, multiply it. He's not expecting you to do what the person who has 10 talents has. He's expecting you to do the best you can with what you have and not take your ball and go home and not go play just because you don't have as many things going for you as the next person. So I think it's really about loving yourself where you're at and then being grateful and having gratitude and letting God come in and take that little you have and expand it and multiply it in a way that can be a blessing to others. You know, I used to be so down on myself because I have a lot of friends that have like uh, multiple degrees and master's degrees. And I was like, darn, I couldn't even get into my local college. <laughs> like, what's wrong with me? You know, and I, I let these perceived accolades stop yeah. from walking in the calling God had for me. Like when God started telling me to write a book and write these poems, I was like, barely made it through high school. Who's going to want to read my stuff? Obviously, I got over that now that I have five books, but it took, there was a lot of the world's ways that we're trying to crowd out the things God is telling me to do. And I think a lot of your listeners have this little small voice that's telling them, do this, go yeah. here, jump off this branch. I'll teach you to fly. I'll catch you. It's going to be okay. And we're so busy comparing ourselves against all the things we're not that we don't take those steps that we need to take. Yeah. It's so wise. You are just a very wise woman. 
Thank you. Very wise, because that can keep people from going forward. It paralyzes them and they want to, I don't know where this comparison thing comes in, in our culture, but it is just, I mean, it's pervasive all mm -hmm. over. Right. And I'm so grateful that you're out there and this is your message mm -hmm. and you're getting this out there and you're brave enough to go out there. I mean, it is amazing. There are some incredibly successful, really successful people who didn't go that even past eighth grade. Yeah. I mean, you know, there really are. Um, it doesn't, shouldn't hold people back from anything um, yeah. other than yourself. You yeah. yourself can do that. And so only finding your worthiness in Christ, keeping your focus on him and um, being encouraged um, through other people's stories, like what you're sharing here. I mean, this thing's going to go hog wild, I think. I'm very, very excited that this is what you have been open to share because yeah. it's important. For sure. Talk about okay. your book, uh, books oh, a little, Catherine. Yes. Do you mind? Of course. Um, my latest book is called You Are Worthy. That's the mm -hmm. screenshot from Amazon. Cool. And I wrote You Are Worthy. It's got some more expanded version of my story, but it's really for 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 the reader who who knows they were called to something greater, who knows that God's got something more out there for them, but they don't know what's stopping them. They don't know what's holding them back. Maybe they're successful at their job, but there's something where they're afraid to take that leap into their own thing. To like, They're great at building everyone else's dreams and sabotaging their own. And this book will really help you step into your calling and live your purpose with confidence and give you the courage to, you know what, to, to stop hiding that this is the time and now it's your turn. That's what it's really, that's the message I really want to get across is, is you don't have to hide anymore. You are more than enough. You have everything it takes to be capable to, to live the life that God called you to live. You don't like that old saying, he doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. And his word is that lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And I, I love that verse because sometimes we go, well, we have to have the whole five-year plan, the whole 10-year plan all laid out. And God is saying, no, you just have to take the first step. I'm a light unto your path, a lamp unto your feet. I'm not a light out into the distance where you can see everything. Because sometimes if God showed us what we would have to go through on step five, we wouldn't take step one. And I feel like the things that believers are getting messed up in now, it mm -hmm. used to be, oh, I don't have the endurance. Now it's like, I don't even, I don't even start. They don't even start the race. They're sitting on the bleachers with 107 excuses of why they're not even going to tie their shoes to get on the racetrack. So you just have to know that where you are is perfect, where you've been, what you've been through, where you've come from, what you look like, what your status is. If you don't have two nickels to rub together, that's not going to stop God from the big, beautiful, bright purpose that he has for you because nope. everything is found in him. And when you partner with him, his word says his burden is easy and his yoke is light. When you yoke up with him, he's going to do all the heavy lifting and you're going to be able to do a thousand times more. And we're not supposed to be able to do it by our might or by our power, but by his spirit, says the Lord. Do you remember that song? Not by might, nor by power. 
but by my spirit, say the Lord of hosts. Do you remember that one? Mm-hmm. It's it says, this mountain can be removed, this mountain. So the reason I'm singing it just resonates with my spirit. And then I do remember the song. Um, right. And it's funny how sometimes you suppress those things and then, you know, God works and you start to receive. So yes. it's really cool. It's so cool. So, and, and when you take that first step, God's going to reveal the next one and he's going to speak to you more. You have to trust that still small voice. Usually that first voice you hear when you're in those quiet moments, that's God. The voice that comes later is the doubt, the fear, the devil, the world. Are you sure God really said that? Maybe you're just hearing things. You know, remember last time you failed? probably don't want to try again. People are going to laugh at you. They already think this and did all that chatter. You got to realize it's the first, the first voice, you know, like God saying, go give that person $20. Go tell that person I'm, I'm looking out for them. And you're like, oh, but what if they think, what if they, what if they get mad at me? Or what if they're like, I don't need your money. You just be obedient. You just let, you just be obedient. Doesn't matter how they react. God wants to start training you to hear from him more and more and more. Yeah, beautiful words. Thank you for sharing more. I'm gonna have to wrap up as much as I'd love to sit here and talk with you. I mean, and I really hope someday we get to meet in person. That would be just a blessing. Um, but in the meantime, how can people reach you? How can people reach you and get a hold of your books? Do you mind? Sherry? Yeah, sure. So um, I have a website called poeticprescriptions.com. And that uh, has all my faith-based poetry books on there and my latest You Are Worthy book, which is a self-help book for believers. And they're also on Amazon. If you type in my name, Catherine Norland. And um, I have an online course called You Are Worthy. And I would like to give your listeners uh, three free video lessons out of that course. And you can get that. You can get that by going to freegiftfromcoachcat.com. So that's K-A-T, freegiftfromcoachcat.com. That would be the best way to find me. Okay. And are there any last words that you have before I kind of close this and move us ahead? Yeah, I would say whatever dream God put in your heart, just go after it. Don't listen to the negative people. Don't listen to the people saying it's not going to work out because if God put that dream in your heart, it means you are well able to attain it, that he's given you everything to be able to do it. And there's nothing and no one that can stop you and hold you back except for that chatter that's going on between your two ears. And I would advise you, I have a poem called Doubt Your Doubts, and it goes like this, renew your mind change what you think. That just may be your missing link. Don't hub on all your faults about. Now is the time to doubt your doubts. That voice that says you can't achieve is really one you shouldn't believe. The one that tells you that you can't does not see straight, but at a slant. The one that says you're unworthy lies. Ignore that voice. Continue. Try. Reasons they say you'll fail, fill up long lists, but hold tight your dreams with double fists. Do not quit when you hit a snare. It might just mean you're almost there. Staring ahead at rough road or large hill is not the time to slow down or be still. 
Soon tightly woven secrets will unfold. Continue boldly down the less traveled road. And so as not to hear about supposed calamity on these routes, keep your hands pressed over your ears and doubt your doubts. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you did that fabulously. Oh, I love it. You. I love it. You are so good. <laughs> well, again, Catherine, I want to wish you a wonderful 2024 that you will be blessed with so much that God will open the doors and all those things that, you know, you feel called um, to move forward in. And um, I know my listeners are going to be so incredibly blessed and they have so much out there, so many resources for them to dream. Mm -hmm. I know when you and I initially talked, I was so I was uplifted because you had already come. You're like, Michelle, have you thought about this? You could do this. You could think about this. <laughs> I'm like, this woman, she's got my interest. She cares. You need people like you in, you. in your court. <laughs> yes, That's what you. I'm going to say. So friends, thanks again for taking um, the time to listen and view this, Catherine. I really appreciated this, especially as you're going to jet set or get your way yeah. back to LA. You have safe yeah. travels. Thank and you. Thanks again. Uh, we're going to have this episode out there on my YouTube uh, new channel um, that we've got podcast, the podcast channel and our other platforms there, friends. Uh, and on our website, we'll have an episode page built out for Catherine too. Okay. So. Friends, thank you again. And now, friends, it's time to hear a mental health tip from Sherry. Hello, friends. My name is Sherry Puckett, and I am a licensed professional counselor. And today I want to take a few minutes and briefly talk about transformation. You know, as we uh, start this new year, you start thinking about all the things that you want to change with yourself. Like maybe you want to lose weight or start eating healthy and exercise more. Maybe you want to start pursuing a job opportunity and things of the, that nature. And those things are great. Those things are fine. But the transformation that I want to talk about is really internal transformation. And to be more specific, how do you see yourself? This is extremely important. It's probably one of the most important transformations that you can make because at the end of the day, if you lose all the weight, you get the great job and all of that stuff is in line. If you don't see yourself the way that God does, honestly, it just leads to misery. There is something so powerful about coming into agreement with God, especially when it comes to yourself personally, too. You may be asking, what do you mean by that? You know, I don't really get it. I mean this, that oftentimes we spend so much time putting ourselves down, calling ourselves stupid or you're fat or you're not this, you're not that. You're, you know, just making all of these negative declarations about who we are. And we spend so much time comparing ourselves to people that we really don't know that well. And some of them we do know. We compare ourselves so much that is actually a distraction. And that distraction keeps us from fulfilling God's purpose in our life. And I can prove it to you. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, We have become 
God's poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given to each one of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. This is the Passion Translation. Some of them say we are his workmanship. Some say that we are his masterpiece, and those are beautiful. But I wanted to use this one particularly, we are his poetry, because the word poetry in the Greek, it really means that our lives are the beautiful poetry written by God. So if you think about it this way, God sees you with such love and he sees you as being so beautiful that even your life, even your life is like a beautiful poem that he wants to share with the world, which is why I like Alter Story so much. It gives you the opportunity to share your story and to hear the stories of other people. And somehow your heart begins to heal as you hear about what other people have gone through and how God has brought them through it. And so I want you to start to come into agreement with God, creator of all things seen and unseen, and he's our beautiful savior. Come into agreement with him. And when you begin to have these negative thoughts about yourself, when you start to put yourself down, stop yourself and say, wait a second, I'm going to renew my mind right now. And I'm going to come into agreement with God and say, God, I am your masterpiece. I am your poem. And I'm just having a hard day. I am your masterpiece and I am your poem and it's okay. I'll get it right the next time. Whatever the issue is, we want to start this new year off right by saying, I'm going to come into agreement with God. I believe that I am his poetry, his beautifully written poem, and you have a purpose and a plan for me. All right. Thank you so much. And until the next show, friends. Be heard and be healed. Altered Stories Ministry is a faith-based, nonprofit, and women's evangelistic storytelling ministry. If you enjoyed listening to today's story, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of women all over the world, too. So please, subscribe to our show and share the link to this podcast. Share it on your social media. We also welcome your valued feedback on our stories. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration in sponsoring one of our future God-glorifying stories and welcome your tax-exempt financial donation. To find out more on how you can support our ministry, you can log on to our website at www.alteredstories.org.